Welcome back to This Week. Well, measures to help with the cost of living will be agreed by the Cabinet on Tuesday. Universal and targeted measures are expected. Our reporter Sharon Lynch spoke to people in Port Leash to get their opinions on whether additional supports are needed or not. Every time you go into the shop, I can't predict how much my grocery bill is going to be. It's, you know, I'm, like most people, I buy the same things every week. And um, every week it's a different price. So when the special, you go around looking for the specials before you do your regular groceries. And that's the key thing I'd notice. They need to put some kind of a cap. The shops seem to be able to increase the prices whatever way they like and without reference to anybody. And I think that's, a, that's, a, that's outrageous again. Well, I think they should do some, uh, something anyway. Yes. What do you think they should do? Well, uh, the, the ESB thing anyway is, is the big, the big one for me anyway. So uh, that'd be the main thing. You seen a big difference in your bill? Oh yes, yes, about uh, over half uh, gone up. You know, over about 50, 60 percent gone up on on a year ago or, or that. Yeah. Milk alone has gone up nearly a euro or whatever, six or seventy cents. Bread is, you know, like I mean, and that's what children like, you know what I mean. Now, Joan Bulger is the manager of the Family Resource Centre in Portleash. She says that people are struggling with their food and energy bills and she believes that a combination of cost of living measures are needed. For people coming in at the moment, it doesn't matter what, if their income is social welfare or it's a, a job you know, that they're working in and they have a wage, it's not enough to meet everything at the moment. So I suppose parents are really concerned about how do they pay their rent? They might be behind in their rent. We'd link with um, the housing section uh, in Leash County Council um, and MABS and maybe support the family to maybe be able to look at that. And people coming in with ESB bills that have not been paid for a couple of months because in the grand scheme of things putting food on the table is the main thing at the minute and keep them warm so they're you know they might have gas heating so the ESB bill then gets left so again we work with other agencies to try and address that and gas is quite expensive too and a lot of the houses who are retrofitted would have gas heating so they have no choice but to use gas Um, and again those bills are getting really high and even ourselves in the centre um, our heating bill has gone up by nearly 400% and trying to even keep our centre running is really, really difficult in Tronu at the moment. I don't think there's one one measure that they can put in place that will actually make a difference. So I think, you know, where they have brought down fuel prices, etc., that's great if you have a car, but a lot of families don't have cars. So it's really the cost of heating, whether it's gas, heating, electricity, coal, any sort of fuel. I think definitely that needs to be looked at. And food prices, you know, that the government have brought down some, as we say, petrol already, but I don't see a difference in transport costs actually resulting in my, my own bill, even from the supermarkets. So I think food has to certainly be looked at.
Food and fuel coming up again and again. That was Joan Bulger speaking to our reporter Sharon Lynch. Joan is in Port Leash. This morning, Social Welfare Minister Heather Humphreys signalled that there will be a further one-off social welfare payment for vulnerable groups, but that it won't be as large as previous cost of living interventions. Heather Humphreys told RTE News that many people were experiencing financial difficulties and her priorities would be older people, people with disabilities, carers and working families with children. I'm joined here in studio now by Professor of Economics at DCU, Edgar Morthenrock. Welcome to This Week. Hello. Does uh, what Heather Humphreys is now saying, does it suggest that the government is going to target this time and that perhaps those those one-off payments might not be as large as they were the last time? Uh, so the, the government obviously had implemented a whole range of measures uh, and some of them were targeted and some of, were, of them were, were uh, not targeted and were for the whole population. Uh, I, I think in, from an economic perspective, it's much better to target at people who are most in need. Uh, if we look at the data, we know that poorer households spend a greater proportion of their income on food than richer house, households. Food prices have gone up, so they are feeling the pinch much more in relative terms. And so targeting to those people is, is the best way to go forward. Now, we know that the government does have these extra billions in corporation tax take. How much should it spend on this cost of living package and how much should it keep? So we, we've seen the Exchequer uh, uh, being uh, essentially flush with money. They're about four billion uh, ahead of what they had thought for last year. Um, and, and clearly some of that can be used for a package. Um, now, the, the, the package itself is always meant to be temporary. Uh, so the government will be careful not to lock itself into uh, uh, permanent uh, expenditures, which they may not be able to meet because this, these corporation tax receipts, they may or may not arise again. Mm. Uh, so what's may... the highest figure that it might prudently spend and what's the lowest figure? So it, potentially, if, if it were to, to uh, spend the entire uh, excess over what they had originally expected, it would be $4 billion. Uh, But of course, we are also a very indebted country. and Indeed, our debt repayments are going to go up. So we probably need to deal with that. Uh, we, we need to deal with other issues like housing, uh, which feed into the cost of living crisis. Uh, and I think there's an awful lot of money needed there. And indeed, we have also issues in the health service where money needs to go as well. Uh, so that means we're probably looking at something like uh, a half a billion to maybe three quarters of a billion is likely what 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 the government is going to look at uh, as pot- potentially uh, uh, usable for a package. So perhaps people shouldn't expect full double payments this time on their on their welfare payments. Uh, I, I think that the the government is going to start reducing uh, those uh, supports and. Um, targeting them much more specifically at those more in need. Uh, I think as we're coming out of the winter, uh, fuel is no longer quite as big a deal. Uh, Food prices will remain a big issue. And of course, people have rent problems and so on. Many strong hints that the VAT rate on hospitality is going back up to 13%. Do you think that's the the right choice, if it is the choice? I personally think it should have gone uh, back up uh, some time ago. It's not clear to see why uh, that particular sector over any other sector gets this kind of benefit. Um, if it's general heating costs or, or electricity costs, 
all businesses face rises in those, not just hospitality industry. And the hospitality industry is back to normal. COVID's long gone as an issue for them. And, and it is correct that at, at, at the time they were facing a particularly big issue, but that's that's no longer there. Now, the price at the pump is always a politically sensitive issue. Uh, those excise supports do run out in just over a week's time. Do you think that, that the government will wean people off that over the course of the, over the summer or what, what would you expect? What should they do? So prices at the pump have reduced by a little bit over 20%. And I think in that context, uh, some of the reductions uh, might need to be pared back. Uh, I I suspect there is going to be a bit of political uh, um, head scratching going on in the government with maybe the Green Party looking for a much quicker return to the previous uh, regime and maybe the other parties looking for a bit slower. Um, And I think in the end, maybe we're going to see uh, a phased increase in the excise duties. CSO figures came out this week and they showed the the disposable income uh, for different counties around the countries. What jumped out at you for that? So uh, this is data up to 2020, so it's not uh, uh, not up to 2022, which would be nice to see. Um, and it shows a continued trend of what we would call divergence. The, the richer counties, the counties with the higher disposable income per per capita, uh, growing that disposable income faster than this, than the, those that have a lower uh, disposable income to start with. Uh, so the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer in a way. Uh, and the rich being Dublin, Cork and uh, and, and, and Limerick. And Limerick, yeah. Who's at the bottom of that list? So the bottom is Longford uh, and, and you'll see the Midlands counties, the counties along the border uh, are, are not doing uh, anything as well as, as some of the counties even in, in around the bigger cities like Kildare, for example, doing very well. Why would you say that even in Dublin, where rents are so high and everything seems to cost so much, that disposable income is 50% higher than in most of those rural counties? I think that's something that uh, we've we've never been able to deal with properly. So we have these absolute numbers, but we can't actually adjust for differences in the cost of living across the country. And we know, at least in in the in housing, there are very big cost of dif- living differences, which we should really reflect in in our statistics. So in Dublin, the the cost of living it it is higher, but but wages must be what's making up. The, are the wages that much higher in the, Dublin the, than they are in the rest of the country? The wages are higher uh, in in Dublin. That is reflective of the type of jobs that that you find in Dublin. Uh, so we have much more high tech uh, employers here. We have the financial services industry, which is very high payer, and so on. So that that reflects it partly, uh, uh, and of course it it spills into the the the, the, the region into Kildare, Meath, Wicklow, and so. So how can government policy ever hope to close that that rural um, Dublin gap? Um, Is is it something that will just always be with us by the looks of it? We actually have a policy. It's called the National Planning Framework that's that's, uh, attempting to address this issue. it is something that's very persistent. So we, we've looked at this and, you know, lots of academic studies are looking at various countries over many, many decades. It's very, very difficult to turn around these kind of differences. Uh, they tend to be very persistent and they need very strong policies. Professor Edgar Morgan-Roth, thank you very much for coming into studio to us today.